Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take podcast. I'm your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Hello there. And Fred. Hi there. And guys, we are about a month, a little over a month away from the end of the regular season, which is just kind of crazy. I mean, we say it every year, especially in 2020, but this season is flying by. And we've been saying this all year that if the Braves could just get hot for a stretch and get on a run, you know, win, win eight out of 10, win 15 out of 20, you know, they could really put themselves up at the top of the division. And that's exactly what has happened. Finally, it has happened that we've asked for it all year. And we're finally seeing the Braves do that. We're seeing them take care of teams that they should be beating. And as we're recording this on Thursday night, they are 13 and two. In their last 15 games, again, beating up on some weaker opponents, which they haven't really done all year. So, and that's what's been most frustrating about this season. But finally doing that now, and they've got a little help from the other teams in the division. Phillies and the Mets have been struggling. The Phillies just got swept by the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mets have a difficult schedule that they are going through. And, um, yeah, so right now as we record this again on Thursday night, the Braves are four games up over the Phillies in the division and could potentially go up by five over the Mets with the Mets facing the Dodgers, although it looks like they're going with the bullpen game tonight. So, uh, But either way, the Braves sit in a really good spot now in the NL East. I mean, it's crazy to think that, that now they're up four games considering where they were. We didn't record last week, so uh, when we recorded two weeks ago to where they are now, Alan, it's been a dramatic change in this team and in the standings. It all the more dramatic because I forgot to, that we were doing a thing last week, and <laughs> so it's my fault. <laughs> but in any case, yeah, it, this is a un, unbelievable turnaround that's happened here, and the fact that uh, you could literally almost swap the names Mets and Braves in the standings and have what you had about three weeks ago is just amazing. It could even have been better, to be perfectly honest about it, because of the Braves' 11 losses since the All-Star break, seven of those have been by one single run. You might still have one more, technically, because we've got that uh, suspended game to be completed with the Padres, but you've got uh, a whole bunch of one-run losses that, that if had we had a little better bullpen support, maybe a little better bench support, that could have been uh, turned around as well. So a little uh, trivia bit, notwithstanding the fact that uh, they've been on this roll finally is, you know, breath fresh air. Finally, we can breathe a little bit. Finally, we can uh, celebrate what this team's been doing a little bit and look forward to the future and hope that they can continue it. Because uh, right now they are definitely on a roll that the, the 
question is how long the role will last. We we know it has to come to an, an end uh, at some point. The schedule pretty much dictates that. But with a four-game lead right now, that's a good start. Uh, we've been saying all along that they needed uh, to make hay while the sun shines in on this schedule, and they have been doing so. So excellent, well done, uh, team, and let's uh, go for some more. Go for the jugular. Yeah, and they have an opportunity this weekend, obviously going up against the Orioles, who have lost 15 in a row. And as we were talking about coming into this, for some reason that just scares you because you wonder how long that streak can go. But Orioles are a very bad team, so the Braves have a chance to get another sweep here, continue to rack up the wins because then the schedule picks up a little bit there, Fred, after this series with the Orioles. But, I mean, we talked about this stretch of easy games, like Alan said, and the Braves have done exactly what they were supposed to do with it. Yes, yes, in spite of uh, spite of bullpen ups and downs, this, the lineup has been strong enough to um, to do to carry the load here. And when you sweep two series in a row, you've done something even against teams that aren't very good. It's, it gives the team a boost. And going into us another series, they should win. Uh, if we can get to New York uh, with similar momentum, the Yankees aren't in that much better position than we are. And uh, were and then and their pitching is not wonderful, so you know there's no reason to fear the Yankees or the Red Sox uh, right now because the Red Sox are just falling you know, falling downhill as fast as they can go. Now Sale's going to be back. We'll probably run into Chris Sale and Evaldi back to back, and that'll be it. But but there's no reason to fear them now because we can go out and we can pitch with them, and this lineup can hit with them. And as long as that's happening, and Ozzy is is pumping life into this lineup. Uh, this lineup can do a lot of things. I, I told him this afternoon that, you know, this lineup, once you get in postseason, nobody wants to go up against this lineup because top to bottom, it's pretty strong. And if you get to it when you're in the American League Park, we've got people who can do the DH thing that know how to do that. So uh, I think, uh, you know, right now, if I, I, Alex said when he made the trades, he believes that if you get in it, you can win it. And, and I'm sort of getting on that train, too. If you get in this, then it's just a couple of series. And we know what happens in short series. So uh, I think the, the train's rolling. We just have to keep it going. Yeah, and you talk about that that offense. And, uh, I mean, really it's the infield that has been carrying this team offensively for a while now. And potentially a couple of MVP candidates in that as well. And, and Peyton Wilkerson wrote an article on this on TomahawkTake.com the other day, just how good the infield has been for the Braves offensively. And, uh, Alan, I mean, Freddie Freeman <laughs> hit for the cycle the other night, which is, is pretty incredible, the fact that Freddie got a triple. But he is a much better base <laughs> runner than a lot of people tend to give him credit for. But, uh, yeah, he hits for the cycle. Austin Riley has put himself up there as a potential MVP candidate with the way that he's played. Dansby has come on hot as a firecracker here the past month or so, and then Audley's been doing his thing all year long. So, I mean, this is one incredible infield right now offensively. Now, let's be fair. Freddie Freeman does have 24 career uh, triples on his record. Of course, it took him 10 years to get that, but that's, he's still got 24, and, and two of those have turned into cycles. So uh got to give him credit there. I mean, he, he is a hitter, and he's the kind of hitter that uh, this can happen to. You, you almost expect a cycle at some point out of maybe Dansby, maybe Ozzy, but the fact that it's happened twice for Freeman is is a little remarkable. And, and uh 
after he got the triple, I was thinking, okay, what are they going to do to get him some oxygen out there or something? But still, it was, it was great to see. As far as the MVP thing goes, I, I mean, I love this talk that uh, Riley has gotten into the conversation. I don't think he has a snowball's chance, frankly, because, number one, uh, outside of Atlanta, people still don't really know him. But he's a success story that should be repeated over and often. This this year, he has remade himself. I mean, there's a lot of times that, I mean, even I was wondering, should he go down to the minors and get some more seasoning? Should the Braves go ahead and get in at a third baseman? I'm guilty of uh, having those thoughts, especially when he was slumping in April. But he's turned that thing completely around. I mean, he is batting evenly right now with the reigning MVP uh, of the league. And that that is just nothing short of remarkable how he's turned that season around. And, and he is a bona fide threat in the, this lineup. And, oh, by the way, he's uh, doing excellent defense out on third base. So he's not even arbitration eligible. I think he's got one more year of total team control before he gets to the arbitration years. I would still want to see if maybe this winter the Braves and he could get together on something long-term to to get him locked up uh, early so that we don't have any drama about that. I would love to see uh, Riley in a Braves uniform for the next 10 years, and I think he has uh, broken out sufficiently this year to, to earn that kind of consideration. Yeah, you talk about Riley and fans, you know, ready to to give up on him. I mean, not just a couple of months ago, fans and people were talking about getting rid of uh, Dansby Swanson at shortstop, too, and wanting him to go and to bring somebody else in and look at what he's done just over the last couple of months. So it's just kind of crazy to think about where this infield is right now, you know, considering coming into the season and even halfway through the season with Dansby's case, you know, People were ready to, to jump ship on them. But, I mean, Fred, th- what this infield is doing offensively, I, I don't know. Have we seen an, an infield offense better than this? Well, not recently we haven't. No, I, I, you, you've not seen an infield with equally distributed 20 home run hitters all the way around the park uh, for a long time, if if ever. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think if maybe the Giants did that when they had Kent. But I, I, don't, I don't know exactly about that what i will tell you is that you're looking at 135 140 home runs in your infield and if you've got that and then you've got another 25 in left field and another 15 or 20 in right field and maybe you pick up four or five in center field all of a sudden that's a lot of runs and and the braves score 54 percent of the runs from home runs so they're going to need those guys uh but this this infield is really really powerful uh position to position Ozzie can turn on you from either side of the plate. We know Freddie doesn't care which hand you throw with. Densby's hotter than a firecracker right now. Uh, Riley quietly moved into the fourth four hole, which is his forever. Amen. And uh, and I apologize, Austin. I said this on on ESPN radio this afternoon. I I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, we get dinner. I'll I'll clean your cleats for you. I'm sorry. Whatever you want. I was completely wrong on him. He is hitting. And uh, bless him, and thank God he is, because he's really a force. That they you walk Freeman to get to Riley? Really, you want to do that? Because <laughs> you know that's not really that's sort of a, when you pick your poison, you better be right-handed and throwing really hard, uh, because that's going to get you. 
I the infield, Riley's great, defense is great. Even when Dansby wasn't hitting, his defense was really good. Ozzy, his defense may not be the best in the league, but he's all over the place and he's really good. He doesn't give away give away outs or give away runs. And Freddie's the best defensive first baseman in the league. When you get that way, you're pretty strong. Now, I love Riley, but he's not he's not in the MVP discussion because that's Tatis's to lose unless he moves to the outfield or and, and gives it up and then or Freeman goes on and keeps us on his tear and carries us to postseason, which could push him ahead of of uh, Muncie and uh, and Tatis right now. Right now, it's a three horse race. I think those three guys. Uh, I don't think Harper's in it. Uh, and but though, but I think you know Tatis, Muncie, and and Freeman are the horses in this race, and whoever has the best stretch run will probably pick it up. Yeah, as long as Tatis doesn't get injured, I don't see any way he doesn't win the MVP. Not saying that he's not deserving, but he is a media darling for sure, and it's just going to be doing wonders for the sport, really, if he goes to that level and wins an MVP. But the Padres got to be careful. They are um, they've been falling on hard times as well. You you talked about the Braves you know, turning things around in the division. We thought that was going to be the only hope for the Braves, but they're only a game back of the Padres now as well for that second wild card spot should they come down to it and they, you know, need another way in. So uh, Padres, they got to they gotta watch out. They might blow that thing as well, and you got to wonder if maybe that hurts Tatis's chances. But, again, he gets so much recognition. I think it is his to lose. I think he would have to completely either get injured or just fall completely flat in this last month or so to not win the award. But I do think Freddie obviously will be in that top three. And I think Riley will get some pretty big votes as well for what he's done, because I mean, he's really carried this team all year. I mean, he's been the one consistent throughout the whole season. Even when Freddie was struggling early, uh, Acuna obviously was great throughout as well until his injury. But uh, Austin's been really huge for this team. And yeah, you touched on it, Fred. I don't think this infield gets enough credit for their defense as well. I know the metrics don't, Speak very highly of Dansby, um, but he he plays really solid. He's just a really good instinctive shortstop as well um, with the the plays that he makes. You know, you can think about the play in Arizona where he stops the ball going up the middle and cuts down the runner who tries to score from second at home. That's just heads up. You've seen the play against the Marlins where uh, he he catches the ball in the hole going to third and catches the runner uh, sneaking off third base a little too much. It's just instinctive things like that that don't really – you can't put into a metric that make him such a good shortstop defensively. And yeah, you said Freddie Freeman's a, a gold glove first baseman. Ozzy Albies will win a gold glove. Uh, he's really good defensively at second. He's just got that guy, Colton Wong, in the same league with him. And then uh, Riley's been solid over at third base. I mean, I wouldn't say he's Nolan Arenado over there, but certainly has been really reliable, dependable. So I really love this infield. Uh, they've done wonders, and now you get – Travis Darno back to add to that. And there's more help coming on the way, Alan, which, you know, gives help for going forward as the schedule does pick up. Braves just got back Waskari Noah, who was great in his first outing. And then Ian Anderson should be coming back soon. And potentially Eddie Rosario, even though things aren't going great for Rosario, I still think he'll be a valuable part uh, of the bench as a left-handed bat. Yeah, we need to see if we get Rosario to, to hitting some. Uh, he, he's still obviously uh, showing some rust, and they're not going to bring him up unless, well, I guess there there's a time limit on the rehab <laughs> starts in the minors, but still, they're going to try and wait as long as possible to see if they can get him hot before they bring him up because that's going to be important for, for getting him 
and confidence to to face the major league hitting again. In terms of you know, I was surprised. I got to admit, I expected him to be okay. I didn't expect him to be as good as he was, and I didn't expect him to go as far in the game as he did. Regardless, he he's pitching like he never missed a beat, and that it was a huge uh, shot in the arm for the Braves because. Yeah, right now we need to make sure we've got enough depth and rotation. Uh, injuries are still a big factor in a lot of the demise of some of these teams. We mentioned the Padres, and uh, uh, their pitching has been decimated uh, so much. Uh, right now they're uh, running on fumes, basically, and, and yeah, their schedule is horrid coming down the stretch. Uh, in fact, I wrote the other day that I think that not only are the Braves going to pass the Padres up, but so are the Cincinnati Reds and probably the Phillies as well if they can get off top dead center and figure out how to win again. So, yeah, injuries and health of, of players are, are going to be vital come down the stretch. And Anderson had a great uh, rehab start in his last outing, too, so... Uh, those guys are both on point to be able to rejoin the rotation and contribute immediately. And that gives the Braves multiple options extra for the rotation if, if the need arises. And that's exactly what they're going to need to, to continue the, this run is, uh, to keep the pitching going and, and then certainly uh, keep this offense going as well. Yeah, for sure. We talked about the trade deadline, just how, how much energy you could see, you know, running through this team, getting some help, you know, which is why I wish they could have done it sooner. But, um, you know, that's not always available. And we talked about the idea of getting some of these injured players back and creating that energy itself, just, you know, getting help with, with all these players coming. And, you know, you already, like I said, you got TDA coming back. That's been a big boost because the catcher position was just awful. You got Enoa coming back and, like I said, now with Ian Anderson coming back, potentially Eddie Rosario, Fred, that just has the potential to continue to to put more life into this team as they go forward and try to push through this schedule and and win the division. Well, yeah, the the big thing that we got was a was an injection of energy into the team when you when Solaire came over and started just killing and destroying baseballs and and all the outfielders just seemed to be able to play. I mean, Duvall hitting right-handed pitchers, who knew? And and Jock is Jock's been marvelous. People underestimate Jock Peterson in the outfield. He injected the first juice right away when he came over because he's the big goofy guy and he acted like that big goofy guy, and that pepped it pepped the team up. I you know and then Ozzy of course he's all the time pushing on those buttons and getting people to go. Doesn't let anybody slip off. I I said this afternoon that this team is believes in itself now. And that's not something I was sure that they did through the first half, at least not all the time. Right now, this team goes out there expecting to win the game. And expecting to win the game is a big part of this. Confidence is a big part of this. Um, and if, if they keep their bullpen from falling apart on them in the late innings, this team can go a long, long way. where I wanted to go next. That's a great segue there, Fred. Thanks for teeing me up. But we've been talking about a lot of the good for the Braves, but obviously the one bad still remains 
the bullpen, and it's obviously gotten much better, but there's still major concerns out there, especially in the ninth inning with Will Smith, who just continues to struggle, particularly with the home run ball. Uh, it just it doesn't you don't feel great when he comes into the game as a closer in a close game right now, and that's not what you want when you're bringing in your your ninth inning guy here. And Fred, I'll shoot it back to you because I know you you wrote on this. Uh, today but I don't know what the Braves do in this spot and we've talked about it a lot in our our group chat I mean the, the Braves really don't have a lockdown closer on their team right now there's nobody that you can call out from that bullpen that you just really can trust that's going to be locked down has that strikeout stuff so I don't really know what the Braves do here they're paying Smith the money to be a closer but he's clearly not well, I think I think the the Braves have to keep running him out there to try. See, Smith's problem when this started going bad, uh, it's because his slider isn't where it's supposed to be. Uh, the post that's up went up about an hour ago on on the site. Um, big plug is out there for the for the Braves angst over this bullpen, and the problem with his slider is that it's staying in the hitting zone, and when it does that, even if they don't hit it out of the ballpark, they're hitting line drives off of it at a huge rate. And because everything else is the same as it's been since 2019. Velocity is the same. Spin rate's the same. Everything's the same, but the pit, the pitch is not moving out of the zone as pe- people better swing at it. They get hard contact. And I think Smith went out and did his whiny little boy thing about yelling at, at uh, Sanchez for hitting that home run. He was really mad at himself. Because what he was saying was, I messed up, and you made you let everybody know I messed up by hitting the ball on the bar park chamber for you because I was bad. And that, when he's on the mound, he just doesn't look confident to me. He goes out there, and he looks like he he looks at the batter thinking, boy, I hope I can get this guy out, instead of the, the Kimbrell Rivera look who looked at there and said, well, you're out unless you get damned lucky. Okay? So that's that's part of this issue. And I think Batters pick up on uncertainty. They know when a pitcher's feeling it. They know when he's not feeling it. You watch Scherzer. When Scherzer's on, the batters go up there thinking, I'm on defensive here all the time. But you go up when Strasburg was so hard on Scherzer, but he wasn't confident. They go up there thinking, I'm going to hit this guy. And it's the same thing with that last inning. Now, I think they'll try to get him confidence, get him built back up, feeling good about himself again, because they need him to be that guy. We don't have another lockdown closure thing. Richard Rodriguez is a good good pitcher. Uh, but postseason, you need somebody with experience and somebody's going to throw a little harder than Richard is going to throw. If Smith keeps being shaky, if he doesn't have confidence coming by the time we get to New York, you may see Richard Rodriguez in the in the closing spot. And again, you know, it's going to be one of them things where you got Matzik coming in, throwing hard, and Rodriguez and mix and match that ninth inning. But they're, they've got to get Smith's mojo back if they can do that uh, get him to believe in that slider get that slider falling out of the zone again for whatever reason maybe maybe arm slot i don't know but whatever whatever reason they can get that slider to fall out of the zone and that fastball to run off the end of the bat instead of onto the bat head uh they'll be fine with that uh, but they're not going to give up on him they've got too much invested in him and as you say he's the guy that's supposed to do that Maybe he ends up back in the eighth inning at some point, but right now they're going to try to fix him. Um, I don't know how they do that, but I, that, that's what's got to be done. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's clear Snit's going to keep running him out there. I mean, he's, he's a big believer of, you know, putting a guy back out there after they fail and trying to give him a chance to get back on the horse. And, you know, there's some merit to that. But, uh, again, I think – and the people don't want to say money plays a lot into it, but I think that is a big part of it. They're paying him a lot of money to be the closer, and they're going to continue to give him as many chances as possible. I mean – Alan, I think it's fair to say if he weren't making, you know, thirteen million a year, they probably would have tried somebody else in this role by now. It is, but at the same time you've also got the fact that he is one of the guys who's supposed to be able to do this, who has a history of doing it, and you really need him to do this job. Um uh, but the the record is that he's been a little more shaky than not. I uh, was just Looking as Fred was speaking, in his last 20 appearances, which happens to coincide with uh, the ban on the sticky stuff, oh, by the way, in his last 20 appearances, five have been clean innings. Three batters, three outs. There's one more where he gave up one hit and a guy was erased by a double play, but every one of the other 16 or uh, 15 or 14 uh, outings there, he's had to face four or more batters. And that's not what a shutdown guy does. Uh, so the fact that he's struggling that way uh, is, is telling. Uh, he is walking guys. He is giving up hits. He's, both those things are, are relevant. And, uh, that happened the other night, uh, or last night with, uh, the, the, the last Miami game too. So, uh, you've got to come up with a way to, to get him some confidence back. And right now we've got one more series, the Orioles, where there should be a way to get that done. And I think I tend to agree that once we get to the Yankees series, that there may need to be a change if the things don't uh, improve a little bit. But the the fact that you just run them out there and hope that something gets better is a little bit um, a little bit dicey at best. Uh, there's got to be some sort of work going on behind the scenes to to figure out how to improve his his actual pitching and his confidence and and all of that. So I think that the Braves know this. He knows it. Uh, that frustration, uh, yelling at the Miami hitter shows it and we've got to get something done. And the, the hope is that uh, it happens sooner than later because we're going to definitely need him, um, contract or, or no contract. We're going to definitely need him for the postseason. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You need Will Smith to be the Will Smith that we thought he would be, but I think it is time to maybe try to shake things up a little bit. Maybe play matchups in the ninth inning, have a couple of guys ready to go. Um, but it just, it unravels so quickly, it feels like. And with the three batter minimum, especially, I mean, he goes out there and walks a batter and then gives up a bomb. I mean, that seems to be the story almost every time out now. He, he's walking somebody and then giving up a hit or two or a home run. So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, I talked about it in our, our group chat. There just aren't a great a lot of great answers right now because the Braves don't really have that guy in their arsenal at the moment. So I don't know who you really give the ball to that has that mentality like Fred was talking about. I mean, A.J. Minter was supposed to be, you know, the easy option for this. I mean, he has all the the arsenal to do it. It's just he, he can't get it together between the ears himself. So, 
you know, he's my one candidate that if he did finally just, you know, figure it out, which he's been able to do at Gwinnett, but hasn't been able to translate that up to the big league level. If he could figure that out, he is my ideal candidate to be the closer. But again, I don't know if you can trust that when you're trying to win the division or, or trying to win in a postseason game. So I think it's a tough spot for Snicker. I don't, you know, I don't know what he's supposed to do here, but I do think it's probably time to at least try something different and see if you can have some more ninth innings where fans aren't having heart attacks or throwing things at the TV or like me, I just have to straight up turn it off sometimes. So it's just that frustrating at this point in the ninth inning. Um, any other thoughts on the bullpen before we moved on to, I want to talk about the MLB pipeline update. Well, I think that, uh, I think first of all, to believe that they aren't working on finding out why that slider isn't diving off the back end when the spin rate is the same is, is disingenuous. Of course, they're working on it. They may even have found something in the, in the, in the bullpen that, that works. The problem is, that when you transfer that bullpen, nice, easy action, okay, let's do this, there's nobody around, in the middle of an, of an inning where there's runners on base or you've got the middle of the order coming up and there's one run in it, the pitcher reverts to old habits. He does it the way he's been doing it uh, because he can't. he's not thinking about, well, if I put this in, I put that in, he can't be thinking about what pitch to throw in. So there's some, there's some muscle memory falling back on old, old habits that happens out there. I, the bullpen, yeah, Josh Tomlin's got to go, folks. I'm sorry, uh, he's he's dead weight. He is he's breathing air. A bullpen, a good bullpen pitcher could be breathing. Uh, if they want to keep around for his veteran presence and his help with the uh, with the young people, make him a coach. Otherwise, uh, tell him to have fun and go fishing because he's not doing us any good down there. And we're out of time. Uh, my post. The only difference between Tomlin and, and Jesse Biddle and, and Sean Newcomb this year is that Tomlin's a veteran and they let him get away with it. Okay, He had four games at the start of the year when he didn't let a run in, and that those four scoreless innings held his ERAs down to be equal with those of Sean Newcomb, who we sent to the minor leagues. And and Biddle was up for nine games, and and Tomlin's last nine games, his ERA was higher than Biddle's, and we DFA'd Biddle. We we keep these people there because Snit's attached to him, because he takes the ball every five days, because he's there to mess up. We've got pitchers at Gwinnett. If it's not Sean Newcomb, who's pitched well since he's been down there, what about Dylan Lee? I've never seen the boy pitch, but he's throwing a 172 at ERA at Gwinnett. He walked five people, struck out 36. Let's give him a shot, okay? He can't be any worse than Tomlin's been lately. We need to get the white flag guy out of the bullpen so that we can send anybody out there at any time and they can do their job. It's just, it's just not fair. The, the lineup goes out and scores 11 runs. They bottle the ninth inning and you look at the tie and run home plate and all the runs scored in the ninth inning. Nah, I can't have that. You can't do that. That puts more on Smith when he comes in the game. Smith's out there thinking, Oh my God, it's going to get worse. Sure enough, it gets worse. Uh, and I just think they got to do something with that bullpen. And I, they've got young pitchers down there that throw hard and throw strikes. Let's get them up and give them a shot because uh, I think Tomlin's done out there. Matzik, I think, is your primary backup closer guy behind Rodriguez. Those two guys, mix and match them as you can. Um, but they have to try to get Smith fixed because otherwise uh, he just becomes a hole in the bullpen that you can't fill. 
and he need you, you need to get him back a lot because in in 2019 this is one of the best closers in the league. 34 saves, two and a half ERA, something like that, and and a whip of one. So you, you just have to get him right again, get that slider biting, uh, and he get him to stop forcing it. I just don't. They have to keep working on that. From a practicality, if he made a, if he made a million dollars a year, they would have to keep working on that because they know he can do it. Yeah, and I've always been a big Josh Tomlin apologist, but even I have to admit now it's time to to put him out to, to pasture. There, it's just it's a wasted space in the bullpen when your mop up guy can't mop up a nine run lead or whatever it was on Wednesday night. You got to let him go. I mean, I loved what he was able to do for the Braves in 2019. I thought he was great in that mop up type duty. Somebody that can come in and pitch two innings and, you know, not let things get out of hand or uh, let a team back into it. But he's just not able to do that anymore. I'd much rather see those innings go to a, a Sean Newcomb or, or somebody else uh, who can get it done. Somebody else who can eat those innings without giving up a, a ton of runs. So I do agree. Uh, Tomlin's only there strictly for his presence at this point. Uh, and we got other guys who can do a much better job of it. So I do think Tomlin's probably on his way out pretty soon. Probably should have been a while ago. Before we get out of here, I did want to mention the MLB Pipeline updated their prospect list here. And I know we're not a, a huge prospect podcast, but I did want to mention it a little bit because so, some uh, interesting rankings to look at. The Braves do have four players in the top 100, uh, led by Christian Pache at 40. And then Shay Langoliers comes in next, and then Drew Waters, and then Michael Harris Jr., made his appearance on the top 100 list as well. And, uh, Alan, I think the most interesting thing here is that Langoliers passed Waters as far as the second-best prospect in the Braves system. I don't think that's necessarily a shock, as I wrote in my post uh, on Thursday on TomahawkTake.com. Uh, Langoliers obviously having a great season, showing a lot of power potential and continuing to be that great defensive player behind the plate that we knew he was coming out of Baylor. I think that what you, you're seeing is a little bit of realistic expectations being put on uh, Waters and really Christian Pache as well. I know I uh, saw Baseball America had dropped him in the, their own rankings to something like 48th, I think it was. So yeah, we've, the, the, the shine is not quite off their apples, but, uh, it, it's uh, not, not quite as, uh, lofty expectations as what had been happening. So I, I think what we're seeing is, is the fact that Pache tried and, and didn't make it at the major league level, at least this year, and uh, Waters hasn't been able to break through. So that and his, uh, things like his strikeout rate have been catching up to him. Uh, Langoliers, however, is a guy on the rise. There's no doubt about that. And, and when you've got a young catcher who can hit like he can and who can certainly defend like he can, that's an asset. And I, I hope that he gets a, a shot at the major league job next year. He may not quite be ready for it, but, uh, depending on other things that may be going on there, you may want to still give him a shot. Get him a useful, uh, backup veteran who can help uh, teach teach the ways of the the sage of catchers or something uh, to go with him that that would help for sure. But uh, I I think that uh, his time is getting close uh, for sure. And you know don't forget he was a college guy, so uh, he should be a lot more advanced and, and coming up a lot lot quicker than the, than some others here too. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's 23. You look at Pache Waters, they're still just 22. You know, we've been talking about them as two of the top prospects for a while, you know, once a lot of the other guys got promoted. But they're still really young. I know Pache's been swinging a much better bat here in August. So, you know, certainly not giving up on those guys. But like you said, Alan, I think the shine has kind of worn off a little bit on both of those. Uh, Michael Harris is a guy like Langoliers who had a, a big rise with this update. Uh, Kyle Muller, who we've seen this year, he comes in at fifth on the Braves, uh, top 30, uh, newly drafted or recently drafted Ryan Cusick, uh, sixth, and Tucker Davidson, who again we've seen this year. Hopefully we'll see him uh, again this year if he can make his way back. Braden Shoemaker at eight, Jared Schuster at nine, Spencer Strider at 10, and Bryce Elder at 11. Elder just got called up to AAA. He's moving pretty quickly, having a great year. And then Freddie Tarnock at 12. He's also having a great season as well. But uh, Fred, anything stand out to you from the updated rank, prospect rankings? Well, uh, Lagellier is moving forward, moving over waters is certainly something I, I didn't really expect. I expected him to move up, but I didn't expect him to jump uh, to the number two slot. Uh, I think Pache uh, handing him the job this year without a backup was a bad idea, and maybe that's maybe they wanted had a backup in mind and just couldn't get him. I don't know. Cusick is the next guy. I mean, well, I'd like somebody with some experience who throws hard to come in and, and throw out of the bullpen. You could do worse than a six foot six Ryan Cusick. Uh, I'm not saying he's. I mean, I remember guys like uh, well, Finnegan came in for the for the for the Royals. There's been others come up uh, without any and just throw just throw aspirin. Just go out and throw hard uh, because they throw strikes. Uh, so I think Cusick's moving up fast. Uh, Strider certainly is, is making strides. Uh, boom, boom, I'll stick that in here. Uh, um, Freddie Tarnock, who I've been trying to trade for the back for four years, is, is sneaking <laughs> up everybody and, and pitching well. Uh, I think that it, we, we suddenly, the draft this year suddenly pumped that, uh, the minor league system back up and we're, we've got, uh, we'll be having some more, uh, uh, international money next year and we'll be getting some more players in. Uh, I, I, you know, we may actually have uh, bridged that gap, and uh, the system looks a lot better. I mean, if you got four players in the top 102 knocking on the door, because I think at least uh, we have two out there that are going to be in it next year, and uh, I just think it's a really pretty good system, better than I thought it was six months ago. Anyway, uh, let me throw this in here real quick too, because uh, Baseball America had the Braves ranked overall as a system 14th. And honestly, I thought that by now we would be in the 20 to 25th kind of range because of all the graduations and nothing coming behind it. But actually, we've got something coming behind it. We've we've got these guys that uh, are coming out of the woodwork, it, it seems like, especially in the pitching side that I never anticipated we would see. And uh, the, the fact that they've jumped up like this, I, I think that uh, to some extent some of these uh, rank, rankings could be underdone a little bit given the uh, actual performance on the field that we've been seeing. So, yeah, I, I think there's uh, a lot to be uh, happy about in, in the Braves Varnsup system going forward. Yeah, that was kind of my takeaway as well in the post that I I wrote. I mean, uh, this farm system, while it may not have a ton of like potential superstars, you could say maybe Langoliers and Harris could potentially be all-stars one day. You know, maybe Pache or Waters gets there. But there's really a lot of solid guys up and down this list now that you look at. 
And a lot of it's really an influx, like Fred said, of this past draft. And, and really, 2020's draft is turning out to be really solid with guys like Strider and Elder making really good strides, as uh, Fred made the joke there. And Jesse Franklin as well. He's been playing really good at high A Rome. He's come on well this year. And, you know, Schuster ranked ahead of all of them ninth, mainly just because he was the first overall pick. You know, he hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible either. So the 2020 draft is actually starting to look very solid at this point. And then you get the influx of the 2020 guys. And, yeah, I mean, this this farm system doesn't look as bad as I thought it would this time of the year. So that's definitely encouraging. And who knows, maybe uh, Alex Antopoulos will actually trade some of these guys to uh, help put the Braves over the top to win a World Series this offseason. Maybe we'll finally see that that big move. But, Either way, the Braves have the depth now to, to do that and not feel completely terrible with where the farm system is. Like Fred mentioned, you got the international restrictions coming off. Uh, speaking of which, we finally see M. Biroas Tavares, uh, international signing they had this last offseason. Uh, he came in 26 on this and it's been a while since we've seen, you know, an international prospect on the Braves top 30. So that's only going to help going forward. Uh, so, again, yeah, that was kind of my takeaway. This farm system, while you know, maybe not top flight anymore, there's still really a lot of solid players up and down it. You know I can't uh, edit out these bad puns, right? Yeah, thank okay. you for that, please. That, <laughs> okay. There's a reason we give them that way, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but before we get out of here, as always, like to give both of you any final thoughts there. Fred, I'll go to you first. Anything you wanted to add before we get out? Oh, no, I think that we have real reason to be optimistic now about everything uh, for the team moving forward. I th- I like the way that uh, the, some of the new outfielders come out. I hope Solaire finds his bat again because uh, he, he's important, uh, especially when they have him hitting the two slot. But I just think give some credence to the coaches who are trying to fix these guys. When you try to fix a guy like, that, like Smith who's been around a dozen years in pro ball and he knows what he's doing and if you've ever taught anybody how to do anything and they go out and do just the opposite, you'll know that it just isn't that easy. Uh, I noticed like the Mets who are, who are Metsing all over the place uh, fired their hitting coach. And I know Chili Davis is sitting at home laughing his back end off because they still aren't hitting and it clearly wasn't his fault. So uh, just understand that this team is pretty good now and they don't give up, and they fight, and they stay in the game like they did in 2018 and 2019, and that's what we really want. We want a team that goes out there and fights and acts like they want to win and thinks they can win and leaves it all on the field. I think you've got that. Yeah, I think that's a great point because it's what we were seeing earlier in the year is when things started to go sideways for this team, it wasn't the same feeling you had before. Like They felt like they could come back. It just continued to snowball on them, and I think that's a great point, Fred, that you're seeing now when things happen like that, this team still believes they can win and they're fighting to win. And, and that's certainly great to see. It's what we've been wanting all year. Certainly the schedule right now is helping that out, but I, I do just think it's an influx of, of new faces, new energy that's uh, been brought to this team. But Alan, any other thoughts from you? Yeah, there's blood in the water right now. The Mets are almost in a free fall. The Phillies, I, I admit, I'm surprised that they, got swept by the Diamondbacks, but then again, we got swept by the Diamondbacks earlier in the year. So, yeah, congratulations, Phillies fans. This is what it feels like. 
you need pitching, you need defense, you need offense, you need the bench. You need all those components to win. Right now, the Braves are hitting on all of those cylinders. Even the guys coming back from injury, you know, uh, Anderson are both uh, pitching very well. They are going to inject some life into the rotation. Hopefully, Rosario can find his bat, and when he does, he uh, will inject even more life into this Braves offense. Right now, you don't even need everybody to hit, whether it's Solaire or Duvall or Peterson. You don't need those guys all to be hitting. You just have to have those guys in the lineup as bona fide threats, knowing that they can knock it out of the park if you make a mistake as a pitcher. Uh, because every game or so, it seems like one of them's hitting it out of the park. And even so, the... Uh, those guys' presence in the lineup is making the infield guys that much better with the offense. And this is looking like a really solid team up and down the lineup. They're doing the defensive things. They're doing their benches ready to go. You can't say that about all these other teams. The Padres are falling because of pitching. The, the Phillies are falling because of pitching and offense. The Mets are falling everywhere. So, you know, all these things are conspiring together to give the Braves a big boost, and they've taken full advantage of it. we just got six and a half weeks to go to, to make sure that uh, finish off that way. Yeah, you're both making really good points at the end here, because I like your point, uh, Alan, about, you know, the new guys coming in. You know, we talked about at the top, it's it's the infield. It's the guys who have been here that are really doing all the damage it's not the guys that we traded for, but just having those guys around them in the lineup, having major league players around them in the lineup has been a, a huge difference in this, this team and how they operate. So that's a, you know, a really great point. You know, it's not necessarily the guys that we've traded for. Yes, Duvall has come up with some big home runs, you know, so Lair's done a good job of, of getting on base. You know, Jock's done wonders, you know, when he first was traded for, and I think he's done a lot of good in the clubhouse as well. But, uh, you know, it's not necessarily those guys who are, who are carrying the freight, so to speak. It's the, you know, the regular guys who are already here. But again, you bring in that fresh face, that new life, that new energy, and it really builds up the guys who are already here and lifts them up. And I think that's exactly what we're seeing right now. Uh, with this Braves offense. So that's certainly great. Good points from both of you to to end this podcast. And that will do it for this edition of the Tomahawk Take podcast. Please make sure that you check out the website, tomahawktake.com. Got a lot of great daily articles, content going up there. And make sure that you subscribe to the Tomahawk Take podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next week. This has been the hugely optimistic first place bandwagon edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. It's a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, we've uh, just chosen not to do so. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Hillbilly Swing, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights purchased by tomahawkdick.com. 
Hey, thanks for tuning in to the podcast today as we come not to praise the Phillies, but to bury them. We'll see you out there for the next inning. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.